Please be seated, church. We are really blessed to have our founding pastor, Pastor Peter Sweetman, bringing God's Word to us this morning. So I'd love it if you could make Peter feel really welcome as he comes to share with us now. Oh, thanks, church. There's so many good things to celebrate today. It's just a real joy to be here. Aren't you glad? Come to church. Oh, it's just wonderful, actually. Um, this is our third week in our prayer series, Teach Us to Pray. And I wanted to remind you about a question that you might have run into if you're doing the Connect Group series with us at the moment um, at your session last week when we did adoration. And the question was, when do you find prayer most enjoyable? You got that one? So maybe you talked about it in your group, so you gave an answer there. But if you didn't, just um, think about that for a moment. In our group, people actually spoke of two particular contexts that kept popping up. One was um, people enjoy God and love praying to God in creation, in the stillness, the quietness, um, the beauty of the things around us. That was one of the places that people um, spoke a lot about. The other common common context was when um, songs of praise um, you know, either Spotify was on in the ears or something or other like that, and we're here in church. And um, music and, and creation are two beautiful gifts from God, aren't they? That, that just sort of inspire our hearts and fill our hearts with so much love. His nearness, we, we, we're aware that He's near, we're wonder, aware of how wonderful He is. Um, it's a sort of context maybe like, you know, when Jesus took the disciples up on the, on the mountain when He was transfigured. And there he was in all his glory and there's Moses and Elijah having a chat to Jesus and um, it's just an amazing setting for them. And um, who would want to leave there? Did you ever think like that? Like if you were up the mountain with Jesus and he was in his glorified state, it's coming actually for us. But would if you wanted to leave there? I wouldn't have wanted to leave there. Beautiful. Last Thursday night actually I popped into a gathering of our creative team that were all the members over all the services were gathered together and um, for the meeting, I thought, well, I'll, I have my sermon to do, so I thought I'll just pop into the meeting um, for a little while, sit at the back, and then slip out, and no one will know that I'm gone. But I was outside at the back. Um, Pastor Nathan started sharing some things. Pastor John did. Karen, who um, leads the ministry, they shared about God's gracious work and the things that were taking place, and stories were told of lives being impacted. Um, for those who are online, welcome. Just great to have you here this morning. You're part of this. Beautiful stories. And then the team began worshipping together. And the truth was, I just couldn't leave. Did you know that? I didn't want to leave. It was the presence of God was so beautiful there. It, it was, who wants to leave? Do you ever feel like that in church? Who wants to leave at the end of church? And God's near and among us and with us. And we think about how wonderful he is and the blessings that um, he keeps pouring out. That these occasions when our prayers are centered in the wonder of our relationship with our Heavenly Father, they are such an important part of our prayer life. I pray you know and experience that, that beautiful part, adoring, saying how hallowed is the name of our loving Father. But for those who thrive in creation or the songs of praise, who you know, love to rest in the peace and the nearness of our loving Father, there is a danger, however, about this. Did you know that? There's a danger that um, our prayer lives can become exclusively centered in the enjoyment of our God. Jesus, as we know, did not remain up on the mountaintop, did he? 
Where did he go next? If you read it, he comes down the mount and next what he's involved in, casting out a demon out of a little boy that was oppressed by dark forces and liberating this little boy. You know, in our messed up, broken, damaged world, there's Jesus at work. We are meant to love and enjoy our God, to be lost in adoration and worship of who he is. But the prayer Jesus taught his disciples to pray, it does not end with, hallowed be your name. The very next words that Jesus taught his disciple to pray were what? May your kingdom come. It's a, it's a mega prayer, in fact, a prayer of enormous significance. And, and it centers in the plans and the purposes of God in our broken world. This is not an inward rest prayer, but rather a, a prayer calling us to action, an action prayer. And we need to engage in both of these types of prayer if we are to truly honour our God, our Heavenly Father. So are you ready again this week to um, read together the Lord's Prayer? Are you ready? Now, uh, alert, it's from the Matthew 6 version. It's gonna be hard for us. I mucked it up at the eight o'clock because I had my old one stuck in my head, but hopefully I'm gonna get it right this one. And I have added the familiar ending that's found in the King James um, Version because I'm preaching this morning. We've had three weeks without adding it on. I thought, oh, well, let's stick it in there today so we can sort of feel it resolves properly, for all, especially for those of us who are a little bit older. It's hard to sort of stop at that verse there. So we've got the full thing today. Are you ready? Now, do a good job on this. Read it, but sort of, I pray you'll pray it at the same time. Are you ready? Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen, amen, amen. Well done, true. Just four words this morning. Hopefully it's a short sermon, only four words. (laughs) May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. What is this prayer about? What are we asking God to do when we pray it? The kingdom of God or his divine rule is everywhere that the will of God is followed and obeyed, okay? It's where what God prefers to happens, happen actually happens. That's why the, the phrase that follows, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is a clarification of what it means for God's kingdom to come. We'll look at that more next week, in fact. Pastor Andrew is gonna um, speak into that. When we pray, may your kingdom come, We are not asking for the kingdom of God to come into existence. It's in existence. It's always been in existence. It will always be in existence. Psalm 145, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures how long? Through all generations. God is reigning over our world right at this moment of time, over absolutely everything. God reigns over the nations, Psalm 47, 8. God is seated on His holy throne. God's kingdom has always been and will always be and it can never be destroyed or overcome. But there are people and beings and structures and powers which at this time are certainly not committed to fulfilling the will of God. 
in God's sovereign plans, he's permitted for a time the work of demonic forces which are in full-scale rebellion against God and they have enticed humanity to join them in that rebellion against our Heavenly Father. And the evidence of that rule, of that rebellion against God's rule, it, it's, it's all around us. You see it all the time. A bully frightens a child in the playground and you have witnessed something that does not belong in the kingdom of God. Isn't that right? It's like it's that simple to see it. That's not God's kingdom. A father hates his son or a son hates his father and you've seen an expression of this rebellion. A wife cheats on a husband or a husband intimidates his wife. And you've seen more of our world that is not under God's authority. And as that's true at, at a personal level, it's, it's true in institutional and social settings as well. The secular worldview says something like this, there is, there is no God, or if there does happen to be a God, there is no need to recognise or no need to come in submission to that being. It's the devaluing in our our community of the weak, of the disabled, of the unborn, of the old. It's the denigration of people from other races and backgrounds. It's, it's the pride, it's the, it's the jealousies, the hatreds that, that fill social media platforms, you know, institutionalised. It's the reaping of profits through the exploitation of the vulnerable, the exploitation of, of men and women and children sexually. Those sort of things. And no community, no society, no nation is free from aspects of this rebellious and exploitive behaviour. It's serious. It's dark, in fact. And if it wasn't for the work of Jesus Christ at the cross, overcoming the powers of sin and death and the devil himself through his sacrificial atoning death, then there would be no hope for you, for any person, for any community to voluntarily come under the reign and rule of God. It could not have happened. All of us would have remained entrenched in our rebellion against God and all the problems that result because of that. Whenever God's reign is resisted, it's it's the road always. We resist God, rebellion against God, it leads to emptiness, despair, um, it leads to darkness and, and ultimately total separation from God forever. I was reading last um, Saturday's article by my friend, this is in the Australian, my friend, atheist, journalist, Philip Adams. I, he sometimes appears in my sermon. Well, God gave me another little thing to appear in this sermon this week. And you know what his article was entitled this last week? Now, this is an atheist. You know what his title, article title was? Sins of the Father. Wow. Imagine that. He's got good theology, really, hasn't he? Now, gets it from the Bible. That's where you get that term from, you know. Well, this particular article included the paragraph I'm going to read to you in a moment. And it was about a conversation that he had at one time with Kerry Packer, who's now deceased but was a well-known Australian billionaire, owned Channel 9 for a while, the father of James Packer. Um, And this conversation occurred 3 a.m. in a King's Cross restaurant when Kerry asked Philip, so the billionaire asked the journalist, atheist journalist, what's a black hole? 
And Philip wrote this. I was attempting a Reader's Digest condensed version explaining Hawking's big idea when Kerry interrupted with, that's what I've got inside of me, a big black hole. That's what he said. Philip Renner wrote this, and it was perfectly true. I don't think I've ever known a sadder person. And Kerry's black hole is James' major inheritance. Sins of the father by an atheist. I don't know what you think when you hear or overhear that sort of conversation, but I I get this really heavy heart for the lost men of our nation and the lost women. And I think too, I, I think too in moments like that, that could have been me. That could easily have been me. I could have been ending my life and I'm sort of getting into that region now where you think about those things. I could have been ending my life with a big black hole in me. If not for one, the grace and kindness of Jesus. Isn't that true? It's true. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone that the door to um, God's eternal kingdom has been opened up. When Jesus began preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand, he was announcing, you see, that through him, men and women could be saved from sin and darkness and become, enter into, through him, into the eternal kingdom. Become citizens, members of God's heavenly kingdom. Mark 1.15, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. In him, he was saying. Repent. This is the entry point through Jesus. Repent and believe the good news. It, it comes, you see, entry into the kingdom of God comes through submitting your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ by receiving forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness made possible through his atoning sacrifice on the cross and choosing to love him without reserve and giving his claims precedence over all others. Jesus is a real king. You know that. He, like, when you think of a king, he's, he's a real one. His reign over us is absolute. But get this, there is no tyranny and there is no exploitation in his rule. You will never find it, never ever. Rather, we find him to be the servant king, the, the, the one who lifts us up, the, the one who takes our burdens, the one who helps it to be well with our souls, the one who makes available to us all the resources of heaven. And the new life that we receive in Christ when when the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us when we are born again, it makes it possible, you see now, for us to cooperate with the very plans and purposes of God, to, to actually be a kingdom agent in that sense. Listen, Colossians 1, 13, 14. For he, God the Father, has rescued us from what? The dominion, you know, the rule of darkness and brought us where? into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Isn't that good news? 
It's the best. And we find ourselves actually longing for the rule of God in our world. Not only in our lives, but also in the lives of others. Because we've discovered, we've discovered in Jesus how wonderful God is. God the Father, hallowed be your name. I want you to think back to the, the day that you asked Jesus to forgive you your sin. For some, I know there'll be a very clear moment of time. For others, maybe not, not so clear. It was over a period of time, maybe. But I want you to think back in that region. Can you remember what it was like to have your sins forgiven? Can you, can you remember that moment when the weight of sin was lifted off? When the fear of death and hell was removed? Oh, I don't know. Wonderful day, wasn't it? What about all the days since then when you've humbled yourself and you've, you've taken your muck-ups and your failure and your sin again to Jesus and just known his grace and kindness in forgiving you afresh and anew each time there's a mess up on the way. I know everything's been dealt with by Jesus, but we stay close to him as we keep bringing the things to him. Is he not a wonderful God? Is he not? What about the fears and the inadequacies and the jealousies and the hurts and the bitterness that, you know, that, that dominates, so easily dominates, which he has dealt with in our lives. Like he's transforming us in those spaces, the sanctifying work of Jesus and the freedom and the courage and the joy that's brought us as we've heard and believed the truth of his word. Is he, he not wonderful? Is he not wonderful? What about the overwhelming joy when we have an obeyed and a directive of the king and we've, and we've seen others actually comforted through us, lifted up through us. Jesus worked but through us and set free and blessed by our gracious king. You think of those moments, isn't it wonderful? Don't you sort of get carried away and think, wow, wow. God's using me on planet earth for a kingdom purpose. What an honour, what, what, a, what a wonder, what a king. But there could be some here this morning or maybe some that are watching online. And you're thinking, that's just too good to be true. You know, the cynicism can rise a little. Oh, it sounds like a Christian sales pitch to me. Mm. Or maybe it's something different for you. Maybe it's the desire sort of wells up with you and you, I'm going to keep this life of me for myself. I'm not putting it under the rule of God. I want to run my own. Or as you review your life, your conclusion is my black, my, my black hole is too big for, for anyone to fill, even God himself. That could be someone that doesn't know Jesus here this morning. I tell you, he can fill any hole. Just let you know that. He can fill any hole, however big it is. Maybe too, there could be some here this morning, you've already entered in the heavenly kingdom, but that, you know, the influence of, of persons or powers opposed to God, they just remain. And past habits of doing it your way are sort of entrenched within you and... And it robs you, your wonder and joy of Jesus. You know, we, we talk about the wonder and joy of Jesus and you say, well, you know, you're thinking, well, that's not really me, you know. That's not how I think about my prayer life with Jesus. 
Well, the reason that you're hearing this particular sermon this morning is because Jesus has a prayer for you to pray. Did you know? He's got prayer for you. And you know what the prayer is? May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come in me. In me. Pray this way and you're personally inviting Jesus, you see, to increase his rule in your life. You'll be heard this morning. I know that. Our God listens to everything that goes on in everybody's heart all the time. Did you know that's because he's God, he's overall thing. The dark forces, they whisper or they'll be shouting to you at the moment. God is an able, can't be trusted. All those sort of stuff, the rubbish that they come up with. They're the lies of the darkness. Because the rule of God in your life, it will only bring blessing. And I mean incredible blessing. It's, it's, it's a, that's our king, you see. He does no wrong. He can do no wrong. He's not against you, he's for you. And whatever the cost might be, as you see it, there is no more fulfilled, there is no more blessed place to be than living under God's rule. He is the, hear this this morning, he is the only perfect king and leader you will ever find. Every man or woman will let you down at some point, but never Jesus, I've got to tell you. He cannot fail you, never. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're not part of God's kingdom and I just want to invite you this morning, surrender to Christ. Come under his rule. Say, Lord, come fill this heart of mine. If you're sitting here this morning and you remember God's kingdom, but there are rooms that you will not let God take control of, off limits. And he's calling you to surrender this morning. Did you know that? The ones that get tucked away, we just like to keep that little bit. And so I have a prayer for you to pray. Are you ready? I'm going to stop in the middle of my sermon actually and pray for you, with you. I pray to your heart. I pray this is all our hearts actually. This is personal reign and rule of God in us. And the prayer is, you know, what is it? May your kingdom come. Are you ready? We're going to just pause. I invite you to bow your heads just for a moment. Maybe this is the first time you've ever prayed this in your heart and meant it sincerely. This could be a moment you actually enter into the kingdom of God. If you pray with sincerity. Lord Jesus, hear the prayers now. May your kingdom come in us, Lord. In me. May your rule your reign come in my life, I pray humbly. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Terrific. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you come see me after this service. Love to chat to you. But the prayer, um, and that's so same with those who are online too. If you prayed that prayer, you contact us. Yeah. But the prayer your kingdom come is not just about God's personal um, rule and reign in our lives. It's also a, a cry for his um, rule in the lives of others. See, once you've been touched by the forgiveness of, of God and experienced Christ's life, then this burden grows within you. Um, it's the compassion of God. That's what it actually is. If you don't know what it is, it's his compassion that begins to fill you for lost people, people with black holes. It, it, it grieves you when you hear those things. 
You don't think, oh, well, that's Kerry Packer, you know, he's a billionaire, so what about him? No, 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 no. Your heart grieves over that. It grieves over that. That's, that's, that's God's heart. And there might be others or some closer than Kerry Packer to you that your heart grieves over and you long for them to enter into God's kingdom through Jesus Christ. And along with this concern for others personally, it's a concern about those places where dark forces, um, you know, have got a stronghold in, in, in contexts and places and situations in our community, in our world, keeping people ignorant of God's love for them and the truth of his word, bound in the chains of, of sin and, and injuring and being injured by others in those sort of places. And, and here too, what is our greatest weapon? What is our greatest weapon in those places? It's prayer, is it not? It's mighty. And the prayer that we pray is what? May your kingdom come into that very situation, into that, into that very person's heart. May your kingdom come there, Lord. And it's a prayer of enormous power because it's prayed to who? It's prayed to the king who actually rules. He rules over everything. He's... He's over all things. In the book, How to Pray, written by Pete Gregg, who's our presenter in this series, he expressed some of the thoughts that can cross our minds when we think about praying. Some of these, you know, about these tough situations, tough people sometimes, you know, dark places, dark situations that grieve our hearts. This is what he wrote. Secretly, we wonder whether our little prayers can make any actual difference in the face of vast intractable problems like a relative who is entirely resistant to the gospel or a terminal diagnosis or a government that are suppressing its citizens, jailing them as, as we were hearing this morning or a tragedy of a natural disaster. Our whispered prayers can seem feeble, foolish and futile against the sheer scale of life's trouble, a butterfly confronting a cliff. That's how we can sometimes think, and that is how Satan wants you to think, actually, do you know that? That it will make no difference what I pray. That is not what the Bible teaches. You know that, don't you? It doesn't teach that. As we pray, it is powerful, folks. Andrew's going to deal with unanswered prayer next week. But hear the message for today. Hear the one for today. It's powerful when we pray. I'm reading a book at the moment about them. Um, um, about the early church. It's called The Patient Ferment of the Early Church. And it looks at the first 300 years uh, um, after Jesus had given his life and the church commenced. And, and there was enormous opposition during this period of time, those 300 years. And in the most improbable of circumstances, what happened concerning the church of Jesus Christ it filtered right throughout the Roman Empire. In fact, you could almost say that it conquered the Roman Empire, really, when you think about it, as its influence permeated society, made such an incredible difference. Did you know one of the wonderful things about the early church was poor people used to just get put in mass graves, nothing for them. The church would love the lowest and the poorest and they would give them a funeral service. Did you know that? What a blessing to a community. What a blessing to individuals. No wonder the beauty of the church was seen 
where life was so cheap. People denigrated so easily. It's powerful when people pray. On Thursday, I attended the funeral of Roy Conwell, who was 93 years of age. He was a pastor when I was a kid growing up at Ashgrove. But before he'd pastored there, he was a missionary. Went as a 21-year-old to be a missionary in southern Sudan. It was just after World War II when, when many, many from this nation and other nations went out throughout the world to share the good news. I had a look on Google how many Christians there are in southern Sudan today. And you know how many there are? Six million. Six million Christians. More than in our nation here. When people pray, whoa, patient for men. I know, hear that. Yeah, yeah, there's patient for men, but big things, folks, happen. Your kingdom come. It's a mighty prayer. I'm telling you now. Empires and nations are changed. One, one of the things I enjoy about getting old, there's a few I don't actually, but um, for those who all know about some of those things, your body doesn't work quite as well. But anyway, one of the great things I enjoy about getting old is you've got a bit more of a chance to see um, much more of God's mighty work in your decades that you, that you have on earth. And you get a better picture of patient kingdom ferments. That's how I sort of put it. There's one here at Bridgman I want to reflect on just for a moment. When we began meeting in our community, we were down in the Aspley Hornets Football Club. That's where we first started meeting in the hall that was there. And right next to the footy club down there, there's a caravan park. And we used to have a burden for that community. And right back in the early days, and we would pray about that and didn't quite know what we should do or what could happen. But, but we sensed that we should pray and ask for God to, to work in that community. Got small resources. We, we saw the strength of the opposition. And it's in many ways said, oh, it seems unlikely that anything much is going to happen there. But almost three decades on, there are changes in that park. Did you know that? Changes that have come. Changes in ownership down there. Changes in the fact that we send hampers there every Christmas for a whole lot of time. Our streetlight team. Do you know how long our streetlight team's been doing meals in the park next to the, the caravan park down there? Six years now they've been faithfully serving there. Six years. And it's opening a door, an exciting door that we believe will place us right in the heart of this community. Did you know I was chatting to a police officer after the service? And you know what she said to me? She said, that particular place... There's a real change coming there. Now, when the police start telling you about changes, you better pray with some faith, church. And I've got something more to pump your faith up about that particular place. I was talking to David who leads Street Life and he shared that someone who's only been a Christian a couple of months down, who lives down there, told him that God had said to him, that every person in that park is going to be impacted by the good news of Jesus. Ooh. What do you think about that? All you guys have been, you know, old in the faith. Two-month-old Christian saying, Jewel, God's got something big down there. Can't you hope your faith's pumping up a bit? Surely it's pumping up a bit. 
God's got a plan, you know. Patient for men, but oh, decades on, seeing what God's doing. It's exciting, folks. We continue to pray. May your kingdom come to that caravan park and a whole lot more in Brisbane for that matter. May your kingdom come. It is not an inconsequential prayer. It's mighty in power. Which is why Jesus taught his disciples to pray it and to keep praying. What I have valued so much about this present series that we're doing, Teach Us to Pray, is that the extended title of Pete Gregg's book on the Lord's Prayer is precisely what it suggests. The long title is this. How to pray, a simple guide for normal people on how to pray. Now, did you get that? I love that. Now, you and I know there are some big time prayers. You know, they're intercessors. And, Whoa, I love praying with them, but they're, they're big time. Not quite so normal as you might be or I might be. Well, this is helping us. You know, the normal ones, if I can say it. Keep praying, you intercessors that are out there. and We, we love you. Keep, I really love you. That's terrific. Such a blessing. But for all the normals that are here, it's helpful just to get some of this simple guy. And in, the, in this particular section, he, he provides a sort of a four I, letter I, action plan. And I think he shares this in the video. You'll probably see it this week. But it helps us to engage in intercessory prayer. May your kingdom come. Those sort of prayers. How, how do we do it? How, you know, how do we... How do we sort of learn to pray in that particular way? Well, here's the action plan. I thought I'd give it to you this morning as well. You can get it twice for those that are doing it. For those that this is the only one you're hearing, well, grab onto it. The first one is this, get informed. When God places one of his kingdom come concerns in our hearts, you know, about a person or a situation, we see a, something that burdens us. It's so helpful to find out what the facts are, the size of the need, the extent of the opposition that we may be facing. You know, it's like Moses sending out the spies into the promised land to do a bit of a check out. It's Nehemiah walking around the walls before he gets into the action there so he can work things out. Listen to God. It's Paul, you know, sending fellow workers to various churches so he can get an update on how they're going. There is someone in this church. This is what it looks like. They'll get informed. There's someone in this church who is burdened by the easy access children have in our nation to websites, adult websites. And this particular person is seeking to have legislation, government legislation passed that would require these sites to have proof of age verification tools. Now, is that a good kingdom burden? Is it? It's a ripper. That's the king. You're seeing the kingdom of God here. That's a kingdom of God plan. This particular person is part of that. Whip down to Canberra. It can cost you a little bit to get informed sometimes. He whips down to Canberra. Has some talk with some people down there. I'm sharing this this morning with permission because there will be some here who will now make that part of your may your kingdom come prayers because you've just been informed that someone's up to that particular plan, kingdom plan. I pray you'll pray into that. Wow. Get informed. Get inspired. Intercessory prayer is most powerful when we've taken time to ask the Holy Spirit to show us how to pray over that particular situation. 
May your kingdom come prayers. They are not asking God to do what we think He should do in that situation, but rather seeking to know what He has purposed, what He has planned, and now and then what He wants us to pray, how we should pray. It's the discovery of the words and the promises from God's Word which help us to intercede with faith for those very protracted, often very protracted and difficult kingdom battles in which He's called us to engage. It's Daniel believing and praying the promises that God would bring His people back from where they were held in captive to the promised land again, to Jerusalem and the restoration and the rebuilding of the temple. He prayed with faith. It's the commission of the grove that we've heard about. They were sent out 14 years ago and part of that sending out included a word that was spoken um, um, over them that, that God would use them to restore places long devastated. It was a word among many that helped that church and helped us actually to pray with them that they would be part of God's healing plan for that community. Two suburbs, get this, two suburbs of Brisbane that had no church ever built of any denomination in two suburbs of Brisbane, thousands of people without a visible, tangible witness. And that church sent from here was commissioned to get a visible presence in that community. And what are they doing today? They are opening up after 14 years the patient ferment of God's work in that community. That's a kingdom plan, isn't it? You're doubting that? I'm telling you, it is. It's a kingdom plan and a mighty one. The land on which they're praising God this morning, it used to be a place where they held seances. That's where they hosted them. And now it's the hilltop pointing to Jesus' great heart for that community and the praises of God. They would have been ripper this morning, I'm telling you out there. Wow. The third one, it's get indignant. Mm, That's an interesting one, isn't it? Get indignant. God shows you things that are not right in our world and where his kingdom plans, you know, are being resisted by principalities and powers. Then intercessory prayer is not, Always just a conversational tone activity, if I can put it that way. It's the believers praying in Acts 4 when they've been told to shut up about Jesus. And their opening line was this one. Why do the nations rage and people's plot in vain? That's how they opened up their prayer meeting. Whoa. What else they said? Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Whoa. I've told them to shut up. We're not going to shut up, Lord. Come do your mighty work. Walter Wink, Walter Wink describes intercessory prayer as spiritual defiance of what is in the way of what God has promised. I like that. Yeah. There'll be some people, some men and some women who will stand up with courage strength and power, care for our nation, love our nation, love the children of our nation. The Lord's Prayer is often spoken in a fairly, you know, often a subdued sort of monotone um, um, style. You know, you know, that's how people often say it. But you can miss the enormous power of this prayer. You realise that? 
in the original Greek form, the verb, hello, come, be done, give, forgive, and so on, it's, it's all rendered in the imperative mood, which can be understood as a forceful, assertive, commanding tone of entreaty. Whoa. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come, Lord. May your kingdom come. Pete Gregg concluded this step with these words. There is a time and a place to pray through tears, to groan with the Holy Spirit, to plead with God until your voice gives out, to lay hold of his promises and insist upon their fulfilment, to go without food, to vent righteous anger, to dig your heels into a particular situation of injustice and cry out with clenched fists, Lord, let your kingdom come, let it come. Get indignant about the wrongs and the hurt and the darkness of our world. And the final one he says is get in sync. I think he's, you know, working the eye thing a bit there. But anyway, get in sync. It's hard taking on a tough assignment alone. And you pray, may your kingdom come prayers. You're going to meet some spiritual resistance for sure from the darkness. They don't like giving up their territory. So it's helpful to pray with others because when you pray with others, it's mighty, I'm telling you, it's mighty. If you look at the early church, book of Acts, time and time again, they're praying. There's a situation, a problem, they join together and pray. They're told to shut up, they get together and pray. Peter's in jail, they get together and pray. It's prayer, united prayer, powerful. Get in sync with others. Pray with others. Find others that are concerned about the things you're concerned about. You're fighting for, for the sake of hearts and lives in this nation. There is great power vested in the united intercession of God's people. That's why we've got to stay together, church. That alone, you know that. That's why Satan is always seeking to fracture the unity of churches all the time. He doesn't want us to do that. It's a big prayer when you pray, may your kingdom come. And there are huge, huge ramifications if you pray this with sincerity and faith. Normal people pray this, mighty. It's a prayer that welcomes the rule of God in your own life. Pray this your heart this morning. It's a prayer that longs for the saving and restoring work of God in the lives of others. It's a prayer that causes dark forces to retreat and God's kingdom of love and freedom to advance. And finally, and I, I haven't spent any time on that, time ran out this morning, but it's finally a prayer crying out for the fullness of God's reign. When every knee will bow and all things will be made new, when all those things that we've spoken about this morning from the darkness will be no more. Wow, it's a beautiful, wonderful kingdom that we're part of. We've already entered into it. But all opposition, death itself will be removed and the glory of what's coming. Wow. It's, it's, it's wonderful what we've been given in Jesus. To pray, may your kingdom come, will mean different things for us individually this morning. I know that. But rather than just um, 
preaching about prayer and speaking about prayer and reflecting on the Lord's Prayer, I thought it would be so right for us to actually pray this morning kingdom prayers. And so this is what I'd love us to do. If In a few moments, just going to pause for a few moments. And I know there was many things that we can pray about in this particular area, but I want you to think of one. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you one this morning that's in your heart, that's in your concern. Now, this might be something you've been praying about for decades. That's okay. I've got some decade-long prayers on Brian. You wait on God. Ask him to give you something. And then what we're going to do is I would really love you just to invite someone to pray that prayer with you. And so you could just explain what that prayer is or just pray it with somebody and then that person says, may your kingdom come there. Now, I hope I'm not scaring anybody here this morning. If this is your first time ever in church, um, anywhere, my prayer is you'll come back again. You sort of think, well, they're not too weird there or something or other. But this, but I just thought we needed to pray this morning. We, we all need to pray. We've all got kingdom action. God's got plans for it. There's no one that doesn't have something to do. Did you know that? He's got plans for everybody. This is how his kingdom fills the earth. Beautiful, amazing, wonderful things that people are doing. And to pray into that, to pray into that this morning. So what we're going to do is the band's going to come back. They're going to pray, you know, some bit of a quieter version of our final song. We're going to sing that in a moment. And then um, we just wait on God and, and then there'll be an opportunity to be prayed with. Someone that you know around you that you feel comfortable to do that with, great. Um, we'll have some of the pastors here. There'll be some up on the mezzanine floor, I pray, or someone up there that will be up there to be able to do that. If you want to come forward, get prayer here. We're going to be standing in a moment. Teach us to pray. Well, Lord, we want to pray. Why can't we pray? We should be praying. So you ready, church? This is powerful this morning. I know it is. Because there's some big things that people are praying about. And this is another opportunity to pray with faith. When we've heard the word of God, we've heard what this prayer means. So you ready? Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, we're coming into your, well, we've been in your beautiful presence all through this service. You're such a wonderful God. You've rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. And oh, Lord, we're so thankful. Thank you. The black hole has been filled with the light and love of Jesus, Lord. Oh, thank you. I say thank you, Lord. You're such a wonderful, wonderful saviour and such a wonderful leader, Lord of our lives. You don't exploit us. You serve us. And we have the great privilege and honour in being caught up in the very plans of Almighty God for our broken, damaged world. And we're humbled by that calling, Lord, again this morning. But, oh, God, as we enjoy you and love you and worship you, as we do, Lord, in our lives, and thank you. You're so precious to us. But, Lord, we want to be caught up in the things that concern your heart, burden you, Lord. And so lead us, Lord, in the particular things that you want us to pray specifically about this morning now, we would ask.
that we'd be in sync with others, just praying with others to get this mighty power and unity together. Help us to pray the prayers you have for us to pray. For those, Lord, that maybe have been praying some of these for decades, well, God, things change. They do. As we continue to ask, intercede, cry out to you, Lord. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. And so, Lord, now just lead us, we pray. As we join together as a church community and ask for many, many things, Lord. Many things that will be on people's hearts here this morning that your kingdom will come. In these very things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to invite you to stand. If you can just do that. Yeah. If we stand, we'll sort of feel comfortable if we sort of move around a little bit or whatever. If you spot someone that you can just pray with you. you with a spouse or whatever, that's fine. Someone in a family. We've got to be conscious of social distancing. For those that are online, you're so welcome to be part of this. We invite you into it too, just in your own home. Just turn with others there and just pray with them. It's a beautiful opportunity to do that now. So are we ready, church? I'm not going to say any more, actually. I might pray a little bit in the midst of it overall. You just keep praying. Um, we're just enjoying the presence of God and, and, and our face, our face in Him. No more talk for a bit. Come on, let's let's get praying together. Yeah, the issues that you want to pray, be prayed over today. Just find someone near you that you can pray with. It'd be great. Same at the mezzanine up there. If you can find people just near you to pray with, be wonderful. If you want to come down the front, some of our pastors are here. They'll pray with you. It's all good. It's a beautiful sound, the sound of God's people praying together. It's, it's one of the best sounds you'll ever hear in life. And people join together in prayer. God's hearing every one of these folks. Everyone. He reigns over all. He delights we would turn to Him and ask for His wonderful kingdom purposes to be fulfilled on planet Earth. Specific things, Lord, that are being spoken over now, we're asking, Lord, for advances in God's mighty name. In the name of Jesus, the one who's conquered all things. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord, for those that are watching online that have paused and praying right now in homes. Oh, God, you hear these prayers. You hear these prayers. Mighty God, come. May your kingdom come. May your kingdom come, Lord, we pray. May your kingdom come to the caravan park, Lord. Thank you that it is. Mighty, wonderful things are happening there. Continue your mighty work, we pray, Lord. May your kingdom come in the jails throughout the world, Lord, we would pray. Not just where your Christian people are, Lord. Although, Lord, liberate and set free, Lord, as you're able. For those that have given their lives today, Lord, strengthen them, we pray. But Lord, prisons and jails, we think of Cambodia, Lord. Let your kingdom come to there, we would pray. Oh, Lord, let the come to the prisons of Brisbane City, we ask in Jesus' name. 
Almighty One, we thank You for Your beautiful work, Lord, in the suburbs of Ferny Grove and Upper Kedron. Lord, thank You for our daughter church at this moment of time, celebrating Your goodness and kindness. You've come there, Lord, in power. Thank You, Mighty One. Thank You, thank You. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. We pray now, Lord, for that project, Lord, that You've given entrusted to someone here in this very church, Lord, that the rules of this land would change, Lord. We pray, Lord, that age-proof verification will be part and parcel, Lord, of websites in this nation, we ask in the Name of Jesus Christ this very morning. Empower, Lord, those that are seeking to work on this, Lord, in our nation for the good of our children, a kingdom project. We ask, Lord, a kingdom plan. May Your kingdom come, we ask. Oh, Lord, all around us, we see the beauty and the wonder of the things that You're doing, great God. We thank You. We thank you, Lord. Thanks for hearing our prayers here this morning. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen, amen. That's wonderful. That's wonderful, church. We're going to, um, a final prayer. Um, and it's close to my heart. It's been close to our heart for a long time. And that is that God will bring revival to this city. Back in 1993, I wrote some prayers. And... Uh, all of those have been answered. I think there were five big ones. There's only one left for me to um, pray now. I've not got too much left to do in my life now by the sounds of things. So, uh, yep, yep. But it's a biggie. It's a biggie. It's the biggest of all the prayers, in fact. And that is that God would bring revival to our nation, to this city. And I know that's not only in my heart. It's in the hearts of many. I've been praying with some in this church over decades for these things now. And He's a faithful, good God. And He's heard every one of our prayers. He's not forgotten one of them. doesn't matter if it's 30 years old. It's still up there. He's got it all. And so as you sing this song, I pray that you'll join me in that special prayer for our city. I'm looking at the chaplain right now, Bill, who serves up in our prisons. God, oh, we want them power of God to flow in those prisons more brother that was a, that's a vision that we, we were talked about here oh God so you, you you sing this with faith won't you the chains the chains of darkness will fall and the light and love of Jesus will fill this community thanks Trav team if you can lead us that'd be good let's sing with faith pray with faith as we sing this together be great
king is sitting. Oh God of revival. Come on, just as the church, let's sing that. Every stronghold. Every You know, I believe it's no accident that the very day we are looking at your kingdom come and singing those words, come awaken your people, come awaken your sees the very day that God would help us to reach that target of 600,000. I just couldn't help but think that as we we're seeing the images of our city and praying, oh, I, my faith is greater than ever before. This is, God is unfolding something in the heart of our city. Why would God give us that, that, that facility in there for His kingdom purposes? It's because God's heart is to move across our city so we can be faith-filled church today. Let me pray, Lord, you've heard the prayers of your people. You have the prayers praying your kingdom come in our lives, Lord, in a greater way than ever before. Your kingdom come in, in your church here, Lord, we pray, and your kingdom come in our community, in our city, in our world, great God, that is our prayer. And you've heard the prayers of your people, Lord, and things shift, Lord, things are moving as we pray, as your people pray, Lord, Things are changing. Things are moving, Lord. Thank you that you've won the victory, that we're on the winning side. And so we can pray with faith. And so we do pray with faith for revival to come to our city, we pray. Be a testament to our nation and beyond. That's what we pray, great God. And so, Lord, we we ask you, we cry out to you. We pray as you've told us to pray. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. That is our prayer this day. We worship you, we honour you, we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Can we put our hands together, church? Give praise to our great God. He is so worthy and He's working powerfully. You can be seated. Just want to remind you that there are the prayer request stations as you leave today. You're welcome to do that. If you're online, you can just email in to Prayer Bridgman. We've got a team who'd love to pray for you as well. If you came prepared with a gift, an offering to give. There's the offering containers there as you leave as well. God bless you. Thanks so much for connecting with us. And we look forward to connecting with you again soon.